Hello, and welcome to the Millennial Nutritionist Podcast. I'm Isla Garcia, Master's Degree of Nutrition Science and Registered Dietitian, and I'm going to make weight loss realistic, sustainable, and uncomplicated for your busy lifestyle. On this podcast, me and my team of registered dietitians will decipher the latest nutrition research, dissect fad diets, and discuss social media trends for you so you can feel confident knowing what to eat to achieve your health goals. Research suggests that most weight loss programs aren't successful, but my experience has taught me that this is not because the participants aren't committed. It's because those diets are designed by non-nutrition professionals and center around severe restrictions. We are here to provide the facts about the science of weight loss so you can have the success you want and continue living your best life. Welcome back to the Millennial Nutritionist Podcast. I am Isla, your founder, CEO, CEO, and host of the Millennial Nutritionist Podcast. Today, we have Courtney joining us. Thank you so much for coming on today, Courtney. Yeah, it's great to be back. If you are new around here, Courtney is a coach of ours, um, and today we're going to be covering a kind of a random topic, not really related to anything, but I was doing this um, series on Instagram and TikTok a while back of like five things the dieting industry got gets wrong. And I like made a bunch of them because there's a bunch of things the dieting industry gets wrong. So I thought we'd do like a deeper dive if people are already interested to um, kind of cover even what you think the dieting industry gets wrong as well, because I think there is a lot. And every time I have a new client, I hear a new crazy thing that somebody told them or that they believe. And I'm like, oh my gosh, poor thing. Um, so we're going to kind of go through what we thought. But first, just doing a little bit of Check in. We're kind of getting into fall. I feel like I my head's like never really into fall by October. Um, but are you like a fall girly? Or are you also like you don't care? So you know, I um normally am not that into fall. Like I've always like loved summer. Like, mm-hmm. I love swimming and going to the beach. But I don't know. I feel like it's just been so hot here recently that I'm actually kind of like more looking forward to fall this year than usual so I don't know one of my close friends she's like super obsessed with fall and she literally will like send me a picture of her pumpkin spice latte (laughs) in like July but I feel like I'm starting to get more into it and I really like like pumpkin in recipes Mm -hmm. Um, I think I recently tried just this week a like slow cooker pumpkin chicken curry and it was really, really good. Oh, um, wow. I meant to try out some different pumpkin recipes this year. Oh, fun. Okay. So it was like a curry, a pumpkin curry. What was it have like beans or meat or did you say? Yeah, yeah. I did um, chicken in it and then it had like onions, peppers, um, like red curry paste canned pumpkin um and then I did it over lentils so oh oh that sounds really good um any other life updates or client fun stories or anything like that or is everything pretty steady one of my clients just yesterday I think was telling me that she had always worked out like even before we started working together and she was just telling me how she's just enjoying her workout so much more now that she's actually like eating enough to fuel those workouts because she had been doing like really low calorie diets and like she enjoyed working out but it would just feel so super draining so I was really happy to hear that because it's already hard enough to form a solid habit with 
working out, you know, without feeling chronically drained of energy. And when you're putting all that work in and not fueling your body properly, you're not really getting the full benefit. Because at the gym, all you're doing is breaking down your muscles. If you don't have something, you the right fuel on board to build it back up, then, you know, you're doing a lot of that work and not seeing the full result that you could get. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. For sure. That's so nice. It's like, I feel like people never think how everything really has to work together. Like nothing is like isolated. Like your nutrition should complement your workouts. It should help you. And then your workouts should also like help your nutrition, either like de-stress so you don't overeat or make you feel better. So you make better choices. And I also think it's rewarding when like clients realize that on their own too, where they're like, oh, I understand now why all this is supposed to like work together as one. And you're not just supposed to be restrictive or you're just not, not just supposed to do like crazy workouts. So that's awesome. I bet it's really rewarding. Um, what about you? Have you had anything fun going on recently? Um, anything fun. I just finally went to Austin for the first time. Have you been to Austin? Mm-mm. I've oh, never no. been to Texas at all. Yeah, I hadn't either before I moved here. So we went to Austin. That's where they say all like the fun people are and everything. Um, it was fun. We ate a lot of good food, which is good. I would say that Fort Worth, I at least haven't found like all the good foodie spots. Um, mm-hmm. So it was nice to eat some better food. And then I saw my friends actually from Georgia came up and um, it was for a bachelorette trip. So that was really fun because I could just drive there. It's like three hours away. Um, and then we have her wedding out in Georgia and Savannah um in November so that'll be our like fun trips because flights are just like so expensive right now that'll be like our you know trip um and then as far as I think I have a big client victory uh, one client listened to one of our previous podcast episodes with the therapist that we did and encouraged her to get a therapist to talk about like her food issues and I've just seen her like exponentially grow compared to other clients because we're not also having to work through like her food issues she doesn't have like a history of like a diagnosed eating disorder, but I feel like any woman grew up in America has some sort of like disordered eating if you ever try to lose weight. So she like just had like a big all or nothing mindset about like, oh, if she ate ice cream, then she wasn't ever going to be able to lose weight type of thing. And she's been able to really work through some of those issues with the combination of like no more like stress eating and emotional eating, but also not feeling like restricted through like a thousand calorie diet to the point where she's actually just hungry and going to overeat. So it's awesome that she's been able to find like both of us and it's helped her to have more progress and make her honestly feel like a lot mentally better. And, um, I've just seen progress from her very first session until now she's like halfway done and just has a much better relationship with food, which I found like super rewarding as a dietitian. Yeah. Yeah. It's so amazing when, you know, the loosening of these strict diet restrictions can, you know, coincide with a huge improvement in mental health and like you were mentioning, so many, you know, women have been told all of these just really restrictive and just, you know, incorrect food rules. And so just when they find out that they don't have to strictly adhere to that, it's like just this huge mental weight off of them. I find a lot of the time. Yes. Yes. And I can't imagine like having to walk around like that with like all those thoughts. So that is definitely nice. I feel like I'm being a good dietitian. Um, but um, talking about restrictive eating, our kind of like article or um, our kind of like topic to cover today. I mean, actually, let me copy paste the article is about a documentary that another dietitian actually recommended that I watch because I was in like my like culty vibe 
uh, documentary phase. And she's like, well, you should watch the one about the dietitian. I was like, no, a dietitian made a cult. <laughs> and it's true. I was like, oh, she's got to be just a nutritionist, but no. So the article's from Variety and it'll be linked in the show notes, but it's from, um, it's called The Way Down, Pastor Takes Credit for HBO, Max Woes. This is a big win. So this article, I think, covers kind of like the aftermath of the um, the documentary called The Way Down. Um, and it was, um, it's on HBO and the leader was a dietitian that, let's see, I watched it a while back, who like made this diet plan that I think connected it to Christianity um, and people lost a lot of weight, but then it was through like very restrictive measures. And I never really understood like what she was actually doing because she like said things, right. That was like, you can eat whatever you want, but I guess it, I got the, like the, the thought that it was only like supposed to be like one to two bites of every meal or something. Did you ever pick up on like what actually like her restriction was? So what I interpreted from it was like when she kind of started out, um, you know, I think a lot of like cults and those sort of things like it doesn't start out as that it just kind of like builds and builds on itself but like starting out basically it sounded like she was pushing somewhat of like intuitive eating principles and like when she like put out some of her books I think the reason she sort of like gained acclaim is because she was like teaching some intuitive eating principles so for some people who like read her books and didn't like end up getting fully roped into the cult they were able to follow maybe some of those intuitive eating principles you know not eat past the point of fullness not eat when you aren't hungry um but I've find that you know those like cult type leader type of people they sprinkle in maybe like a little bit of truth with a lot of lies so yeah I think also she the truths that she had in there of intuitive eating she sort of like presented it as though she was just enlightened with this knowledge that like no one else had heard Mm -hmm. before is you know another theme that kind of emerges with cults I think yeah no that's a good point um and it's just interesting that she like that that is the thing I feel like that spiraled out I don't know if I'd like ever really heard of that before I mean I'm not aware of like all the cults out there but that was um interesting that she like had started from this like seemingly like good place like I think that I mean I grew up in church in like a small town and a lot of times like that population is a little bit bigger and I always thought it's like if somebody could come in and like talk about like healthy eating and not be like weird then I was, that would be great and I think that that was like cool that she did that in the beginning but I don't know if she just had like had a personality that was like power hungry and it like spiraled from there um and then maybe that's what happened but I think also like I feel like she made like a wrong turn where she like started tying her tying being thin to like this value system through Christianity where that is seems like super eating disordery, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, literally taking it to the extreme of, you know, saying like like being overweight is literally like a a sin and like you, you know, God is like punishing you or something. And I think that, you know, probably just because of all these ideas that the dieting industry has put in people's head and how much people end up like equating their self-worth with their body size that 
you know, maybe that, that makes people more susceptible to buying into that sort of thing. Cause they already feel bad about themselves because they want to lose weight and feel like they aren't good enough. So she just kind of going to step further and like tie it in with a, a religion. Yeah. And I don't think we need any more help with like making ourselves feel worse <laughs> about like our bodies or anything like that. I don't think we should like come about it from like a, cause it, a way of like thinking that it's going to affect like our, I don't know, like religion. Cause I feel like I do remember her saying something in there about like how, um, it's like, it, isn't it like the more overweight you are? She said, like the more distance you have from God or something like that means like, uh-huh. like you're not close to God if you're overweight. And like, I just can't imagine like the psychological damage like that can do to someone who like is fully in it. Yeah. Um. Let's just cover why it's not good to lose weight this way. Um. So like uh, a lot of the articles, I don't know if this one specifically, but other ones I was reading about it said that like, basically she was like getting people to lose weight through like starvation, which is what I kind of picked up that she would just say, like, I mean, some things, like you said, when to eating, like only eat when you're hungry. And my husband watched that. He's like, Oh, I never thought about that. But, um, like, uh, but then I think she was like, only eat like a couple of bites of food, which like probably yeah. is like a little bit of starvation. Like, why is it not good? Do you think to lose weight through like severely under eating, even though we've talked about it like a million times, just in case. Yeah. Like you said, I think that, you know, she maybe started with some degree of good intention, like had some truth sprinkled in there, but then I think as she like rose further and further to power and like everything became so like image based that she was like, okay, no one within the church can be overweight or it reflects badly on the church somehow. So then she just started telling people to starve and because these people's lives are like so integrated with the church and, you know, if they don't do what she tells them to do they're going to be like exiled from their family and from like their friends and but as far as like you know why this is unhealthy because you know she's basically just saying okay if you aren't meeting these extreme weight loss goals that I'm setting for you then you just need to starve or else I mean if you remain overweight then you know you're further away from God. And if you starve yourself, you literally you lower your metabolism. So your metabolism is slowed. And then eventually your autonomic nervous system is going to take over your body's like survival instinct is going to take over and force you to end up overeating because you're, you're literally starving yourself. Um, so yeah, I don't know why it's such a common theme with these diets to just, you know, cut down calories to the extreme, literally to the point of starvation, but that that's not healthy for anybody. And it's only going to lead to like weight cycling, which can actually be more unhealthy for your body than being overweight in the first place. Yeah, no, I think there's so many diets, which is a shame since she was a dietitian, but I think something must have been wrong with her, but like so many diets 
made by non-nutrition professionals or non-dietitians. Like they just want like the quick wins. I don't know if it's like marketing or like they don't think through the long-term effects. They just think through like what's going to get people down right away. And then if they can't stick with them, then they're like not disciplined enough. But like it doesn't have to be like that. You can feel like you're doing it naturally. It just is a little slower. But when you think about like the course of your whole life, if it takes you two years to get down to your goal weight and you have 40 years to be like that, I feel like at least I would rather have it than like lose a quick like 30 pounds, but it'd be a lot of muscle. And then I backfire and like, and back to my weight and then some two years later. So, um, that's what I try to like tell clients too, that I don't know why. Yeah. So many people, uh, promote these like really, um, like starvation y type of diets, but it's definitely not the healthy way at all. Do you feel like you're tired of trying every new diet out there whenever you're ready to lose weight, but you never really find long-term success because it's either too restrictive or just not conducive to your lifestyle? Well, then let me tell you about our three-month lifestyle reset program. This is an individualized weight loss approach where you'll be going through our proven six-step method and you'll be led by a registered dietitian. By becoming a client of the program, you'll be able to learn how to control your weight, increase your energy and confidence, and also improve your overall well-being. Not to be dramatic, but a lot of clients tell us that they actually change their lives by going through the program and finally find a sustainable weight loss solution when they actually haven't found that with any other program. If you are interested in becoming a client, sign up for a discovery call on our website, themillennialnutritionist.com with me, Isla Garcia, and I'll help match you with one of our registered dietitian coaches based off of your challenges and their nutrition expertise. If you're ready to find a sustainable weight loss solution in a non-judgmental and encouraging environment, I hope you'll connect with us soon. All right. So moving into our topic of what the dieting industry, what the dieting industry gets wrong. Why do you feel like there's like so much conflicting information on weight loss right now? Like this is one question I get a lot in our discovery calls, which is pretty much a sales call um, about how they just are so confused. Cause one person will say that like, we should be eating whole grains. Another person says we shouldn't be eating the whole grains after seven o'clock. And some people are like, well, we shouldn't be eating carbs at all. You know? And so nobody knows who to listen to. Why do you feel like there's like so much conflict and like the messaging out there? Yeah, well, for one, you know, to some degree, there are different ways to lose weight. I mean, obviously, there are foundational things, calorie deficit, getting enough protein, but there are variations in what works for one person versus what works for someone else. So I feel like when someone tries a diet and just for whatever reason it works for them to some degree after you know maybe they've tried other things they get in the mindset of like oh this is the only thing and so then you just got all these different people in these different camps saying no like keto is the only diet like no you can you know intermittent fasting is the best way to lose weight and getting into the mindset of, you know, this one way is the best way. And also just because, I mean, there's so much money to be made in cornering the market on weight loss that everyone's just trying to churn out like a way for people to, you know, lose a quick 10 pounds, gain it back. And then, you know, 
start their diet over. So yeah, I think that's why it's just because we live in such a books, weight focused culture that, you know, for most people who are, you know, overweight, they, you know, concentrate a lot of energy on that. And there's a ton of people out there who want to capitalize and take advantage of that. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was going to ask. Add is like, I think a lot of it too comes down to like money and sales and capitalism. Um, because, um, I think I always try to tell people to just check where they're getting their messages from. Like a lot of times people who were trying to tell them there's only one way is are trying to sell you something. I mean, we're trying to sell you something too, but hopefully it's a little bit, you know, easier to grasp than like just this one way to lose weight. And that's it. Um, I'm really big into like looking at large, large populations, almost like whole countries of people and how they can, like how they maintain a lower body weight and how they're able to maintain their health. And even those big populations don't eat the same. Like they're still not like a super common trend among like what exactly they eat, the types of macros they eat and stuff like that. It really just kind of dependent on like the sum of your whole life, um, which is why it's good to work with somebody who knows. That kind of leads into my next question. Um, just so people can know how should people actually like know what to do? Like they're getting all this messaging, who should they listen to or, or something like that? Yeah. Well, that's where, you know, like a dietitian like us could help, you know, cause we can help you sort of weed through these conflicting, this conflicting information that you've been told and separate, you know, what's true versus the many, many things that are just you know, BS that people are just, who are trying to sell you something have told you. Like, for example, um, actually just this week, a client messaged me and was like, I was feeling really good about myself and my progress, but I went to work and my coworker told me she lost 17 pounds in a month. And I was like, is your coworker okay? <laughs> that is not healthy at all. So like we went through, you know, how that can lower your metabolism extremely. It, you know, you're going to gain the weight back plus some very soon. That's not a sustainable pace. And I mean, we're dropping that fast. I mean, I would be worried about causing some other form of like malnutrition um, along the way. So yeah, it's really important to, talk to someone when you're in that state of confusion who like you just said is has done the research has been educated on the biochemistry of nutrition and who is looking at the larger body of research rather than just saying oh there was this you know study on 10 wraps of this one diet. And so now this is the new weight loss solution. Totally. And you just never know like how people lose weight. Was it healthy? And when we like constantly say this word like malnutrition, just so people kind of know what we're talking about, like it's not good to be malnourished because um, you're likely don't have like the nutrients in your body to like fight off disease. You're at risk. You know, we have, you know, a new disease out there now. Like you could be at higher risk for getting that or if your immune system isn't working properly, if you're like acutely malnourished from not eating. 
you can you'd even just feel weaker from day to day and all of it just works together. And especially if you have like muscle degradation from um, malnutrition, again, that just goes back into um, losing or decreasing your metabolism. And so we know what it looks like to have healthy long-term weight loss, which is why we're never worried with like what happens within month, one month. We're more so caring about like how that leads into like the rest of your life. So I think I totally agree with that. Um, and I think Lastly, for the for the setting the groundwork, um, how do you feel like misconfusion leads to like difficulty with weight loss? Like, why should somebody like care about who they you know basically get this information from? Kind of like we were talking about, um, you know, with that example is if you go with one of these like crash diets, yeah, you might lose weight initially, but you're gonna gain it all back. Plus some, you're going to decrease your metabolism. Maybe you're going to cause yourself to become malnourished. And the thing is, you know, they, the person selling you the crash diet kind of wants that because they want you to lose a little bit of weight, gain it back and think, oh, it's my fault that I gained it back. I just got to be more dedicated this time and then you lose the same way, you know, plus what you gained again, and you gain back even more. And, you know, that benefits them because you keep coming back thinking, oh, the dieting, the diet worked. It's just me that did something wrong. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's almost like they put it in there. And that's what I think of what these other major weight loss companies without naming any names um, that, you know, if they never have a plan for you to exit, it might not be like the best method. A lot of people ask us why we don't like really just offer meal plans. And it's kind of because you're going to be attached to us forever. And although that would be great for a business plan, um, that's not really good for long-term health because you want to be able to pick what you're going to eat wherever you are in the world or in whatever situation you are in life. And if you're only going to be able to dictate it from a meal plan, then you know that's not really like long-term health. And that's kind of like one example of how it can really lead to inability to lose weight if you're getting some information from the wrong people. And then also weight is super nuanced, especially if you have any sort of like hormone imbalances. And it just breaks my heart for people who have either like hypothyroidism, PCOS, insulin resistance, and they feel like a failure if they can't lose weight following this like one influencer's weight loss program, because that one person also doesn't have those imbalances. And even if a person has hypothyroidism, it doesn't mean that it's going to present the same way in you if you have it. And so it's important to work with somebody who knows like the variety of how those different things I think can present. So we can really help you figure out like what the meal plan or like the type of way, the way of eating is that's going to work best for you. So you don't feel like honestly crazy is what I see clients just say, like, I'm just at my wits end with how to deal with this. Do you feel like that too? Yeah, I hear that all the time. Okay. So then going into what some of these common confusions are so we can correct them for you. Um, you take it away first. What is your top thing that you think the diet industry gets wrong about weight loss? One thing they get wrong is that, or the thing that they don't tell you is the vast majority of people who do those type of diets regain the weight. Mm-hmm. They're always trying to make it seem like, oh, this is the the one secret that worked for all these people, but you know, if you look and at, you know, studies following those people long-term, long-term, large majority of them gain all the weight back, plus some, like you were saying. So they, they want to make it seem like this is the magic pill that's just working for everyone and people's weight is just falling off. 
in reality, they might be losing weight, but they're gaining it back. Yeah. I think one thing to think about, like, that's a tangible tip from that is like, if you're trying to follow a diet plan that like your friend has followed and had success with like the 17 pounds, one month person, like ask them like, Oh, what was it like when you got off of that diet? Like, were you able to keep it off? Because maybe if they would, that means that it would, you know, maybe work for your lifestyle. But if you're only able to lose weight while you're on it, that's just not the way. And I feel like so many people just think it is like, I even had somebody come up to me last week and was like, you know, Oh, like I, you know, I do really well when I follow like a really strict meal plan. And then when I'm done, like for the past, you know, year, I've just been super busy and I gain all the weight back, but I'm going to get on a new one. And I didn't want to like, you know, overshare, but I wanted to be like, yeah, but that's not the way weight loss isn't supposed to be just like where it's just like a state. And I think so many people think it is just like this thing that you should work hard at. And then like you're successful when it's hard. And then it's just normal for you to gain the weight back when it doesn't have to be like that. Yeah. Um, I think my next thing would be, um, only nutrition should be considered. So this is basically like a huge summary. I think of the last podcast we filmed about like other, um, non-nutrition interventions. Um, and, uh, I think it's just because something I see that come up all the time. Like people are like, I'm not losing weight and it. Why is it? Um, and it's because they're neglecting exercise or they are only exercising or they are doing both of those things and they're not stress managing um, or they aren't sleeping or they have a hormone imbalance that's not being addressed like medically. And so that's why, again, it's important for you to look at the whole picture or work with somebody who can look at the whole picture, may not have all the answers, but at least be able to know like, oh, you really need to see an endocrinologist or, oh, you really need to see a therapist or something like that. Um, because what you're showing is it's not like a nutritional problem. That area of your life is actually fine. We don't need to keep restricting to see the weight loss. You need to address something else and it'll be a lot easier. Do you feel like you see that sometimes too? Yeah, absolutely. Like, everything in in the body is interconnected so you really have to work on all of these pieces and make it a holistic lifestyle change to see the results and to maintain those results long term yeah yeah um what is something else that you think is a misconception um more is more so like if a little calorie restriction is good then a lot of calorie restriction is better. If an adequate amount of protein is good, even more is better. Um, you know, there, there's a balance just like with most things in life and taking things to the extremes is almost never a, a good thing. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. That's a really good point. Um, where I do get some clients asked, like if their weight loss is a little slower, they're like, Oh, it's good now. But what if I do 200 grams of protein? <laughs> like, well, we don't need to be doing like that much. Or like, Oh, I had some clients that are super driven and they'll be like, okay, well, um, you know, I was able to do 10,000 steps. So this week I did 20,000 steps. I was like, Whoa, Whoa, Whoa. Like we need to spend our time doing something else. Um, because like you said, I think some people get stuck in like one silo of like, oh, I'm really good at nutrition. So I'm going to push it, push it, push it, push it. And then they have like no energy left to like do strength training or like take care of their stress. And that's why they're not losing weight because they're not looking at the whole picture. So yeah, that's a good point that I didn't even think about. Um, I think mine is fast weight loss is best. So we kind of been talking about that with the um, culty thing, but um, 
Yeah, I get a lot of people who I say our weight loss program is a little slower in terms of like, we're really just targeting fat loss. We're not just targeting like lose whatever you can to like have a lower number on the scale. Um, and fat weight loss really is not best for all the reasons we just said, malnutrition, um, uh, decreased metabolism, um, weight cycling. But I think also, um, I just hate to see people like focus everything in their life to weight loss. Um, like we are obviously a weight loss company, so I don't think it's something we can't think about, but when we're like doing everything in our life to cater around like our weight loss journey, I think that that's not like a really good overall quality of life because it's just not sustainable. I remember Lacey said she had a client where she was like doing like all these like intense measures to lose weight and she was like successful, but Lacey was worried that like it wasn't sustainable if like something happened. And that's what we always want to think about is like what's sustainable. And a lot of times with everything in life, like slower is a little bit more sustainable than like faster. Yeah. Well, I mean, and if you think about, and most of the time when, you know, like I'll ask clients to like, think back to like how long it took the weight mm. to come on and not saying you're going to lose, you know, at the exact same rate as you gain, but the weight didn't come on overnight. And so there's really not a healthy way to get it off overnight, but that's okay because we're working on changing your habits long-term where you're not stuck on this roller coaster of up and down weight your whole life that so many people end up doing, just staying on that cycle. Exactly. And it's so measurable. That's like the one thing that I really love about our program is clients just feel like they don't have to just constantly think about food, which I don't want for anyone. Like you shouldn't have to feel like that. Like you're constantly wondering like, what's the best decision? What should I do today? It should just, we should just have to make a few little tweaks that you can do consistently. And then you can go off living your life, do doing the passions that you really like. Yeah. Um, what do you have another one? Sort of just tacking on to that and you sort of mentioned it earlier but the dieting industry always pushes strict routine over changing your habits like anyone can follow a strict meal plan of just you know eat three of these packaged meals every single day and yeah you might lose weight doing that at least for a while but then you aren't really practicing how you're going to eat for the long term. And so then once you stop doing that, the weight comes back on because you don't know how to eat normally again. Yeah. People uh, try to ask me, not clients, because I think they know better, but a lot of people like on Instagram and stuff will ask like, oh, what do you think about this meal replacement shake? Or what do you think about this? And um, there's that crazy one. And I will name call. Have you heard of Prolon? That one is like insane. I've heard the name, but I don't know a lot about it. Yeah, it's like a high fat restriction diet. It's basically a starvation diet, like where they send like soups and stuff, but then you also eat like olives and olive oil and stuff. And it's apparently really expensive. And then like, I've had some clients that have been on it and then they say like, well, of course I gained the weight back after, which I just hate it. Cause it's like, to me, that's obvious. Like if it's something you're only, if you're only going to eat 500 calories a day, like what, like, what's the long-term goal there? And I always want to give them the benefit of the doubt and be like, oh, do they have a plan for you to do something long-term? And they're like, no, you're supposed to go back to normal. And it's like, okay, but how does that work at all? If you just literally go back to eating normally. Um, but yeah, I think that you can't like replace everything you need in your diet with just like these like packaged like foods or like these like specific plans. Um, but I think that kind of goes into my next tip, which is like, or my next like thought, which everything needs to be like all or nothing. Um, 
which sometimes I do still work through with clients because I think it's so ingrained and I don't really know where it comes from. Maybe it's like these like meals that you're saying, like these like kind of like strict plans, like you've got to stick within the plan or it can't happen. Or even maybe like the keto thing, because I know you kind of have to be within ketogenesis for like keto to kind of be effective. And that is very strict. You can't like really get too far out of it, but you don't have to lose weight being like that. Um, And I honestly find it's like more detrimental. I was working with a client this week um, where she was telling me that she like continues to overeat at restaurants. And I was, you know, she just really wanted me to tell her what to eat. I was like, okay, let's talk through why you're overeating first. And so she was um, telling me like, well, like I, when I go out to eat, I just don't really want to eat the chicken. I don't really want to eat the fish. I really like the like, uh, foods like the steak and the rice and the noodles. And I could hear her kind of like putting like one type of food in like a weight loss category and like these other types of foods in like a weight gain category. And so I asked her like, why do you think you can't eat these other foods and lose weight? Like, why are you doing that? She's like, I didn't even realize I was doing that. I think that goes back to like my all or nothing mindset. So we honestly set a goal for her this week to kind of start working like, like steak into her week and pizza into her week. So she doesn't like only like want to overeat on that. But that's like an example. I think of like how deep, like all or nothing mindset can really be and how it can like really like mess you up for weight loss. Yeah. Cause if you just like build these foods up in your mind as like, these are the foods I can never have if I want to lose weight, then of course, as soon as you allow yourself to eat those foods for the first time in a long time, you're going to overdo it because putting them like in this, you know, like blocked off category in your mind, it's going to, you know, make them seem even more appealing and give them more like power over you. Like if you learn how to incorporate those foods that you enjoy, like weight loss doesn't have to be just grilled chicken and broccoli every day. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Do you have maybe one more point or are those all of your points? Um, I think just the dieting industry equates, you know, the lowest weight with health. Mm. There's a wide range of healthy weights and people at the really, you know, heavy end of the spectrum and the super, super skinny end of the spectrum both have different kinds of health problems. Um, I think in society, just because we're so image focused, people can start to think, oh, well, just the skinnier person is the healthier they are. When you can have someone who is like maybe slightly overweight on the BMI chart, but they're actually healthier, you know, when you look at their habits, their blood biomarkers, than a person who is like skinny or, you know, within normal BMI range. Yeah. I used to say that all the time when I worked in the hospital is it was like eye-opening to think that like when you really realize like how being underweight, I think can even like kill you faster than being overweight. Cause like, I mean, you can die from starvation. Yeah, exactly. So much faster than like dying of like being obese. Um, Like you tend to have more time to correct habits and stuff when you're at a higher weight, if it is really causing you to like, you know, have diabetes. A lot of people have diabetes can get off medications when they like decrease their body weight um, or most of the medications. But like, there's just so many complications from being extremely underweight. Um, I didn't even think about that as one. And I think that's a great idea that even like not people, not all people who are 
at a lower body weight are healthy. Like I've had some friends that lost a lot of weight and they don't go around telling the world. The world is like, oh my gosh, you lost so much weight. And they're like, yeah, but it's because I have like this GI problem where I literally can't eat a single thing all day long. Like that doesn't mean that they're healthy. Right. Exactly. Like, you know, I had like a friend who he was like naturally very skinny. And, you know, I tried to I talked to him about his eating habits before and he was like, well, I'm skinny. So like, mm-hmm. you know, does that really matter? And it's like, yes, that, that absolutely does matter. <laughs> yeah. Um, my, I have like a history of high cholesterol um, that I have to like make sure to look at. Um, and I've never been an o- overweight BMI or anything. And my grandpa actually was the same. He wasn't like overweight or that much overweight, but he like kind of died from complications of high cholesterol. So like, I wish that we did a better job of kind of separating it. Um, and it's always a tricky question to uh, answer to, or like, what is your answer when clients are like, but what should, weight should I be aiming for? I just want to be healthy. Like, what do you normally say to that? I usually tell clients, you know, we can use BMI to some degree, mm-hmm. but, you know, it's not taking into account body composition. So, you know, I usually tell clients maybe have like, a range in mind and we can talk about what might be a healthy like range for that person but to not get like set in on a specific number like okay let's just start the weight loss process see how you're feeling when you go to your doctors see what your blood work numbers are looking like and we can kind of play it by ear because I do think there's a a big range of like healthy weights, you know, there's even like some studies that have shown like, you know, in women, especially that women, you know, maybe towards like the higher end of the healthy range or even in the slightly what would be considered overweight range by BMI, it can actually be healthier, you know, like I was saying before than people like on the very, very low end of it. So BMI can be to some degree a guide, but you know, you also have to take into account muscle mass and, you know, just looking at the other factors regarding your health, you know, your blood pressure, biomarkers, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, tell people when you get that question. Yeah. I'm the same. I normally say like, let's look at BMI just because your doctor's probably going to bug you about being in a healthy BMI range. Um, but like going back to like, if you like, yeah, like if all your biomarkers are stuff good, like if you don't have high cholesterol, if you don't have hypertension, if you don't have a family history of it, like what is healthy weight for you might be okay with being a little bit higher. Um, yeah. and I like have clients on the opposite end too. Like sometimes I get lower body weight clients who want to lose more weight and I have to tell them like, it might not be healthy for you to continue to like be this low because I mean, I think just since I used to work in the hospital, I saw like a lot of end of life and it really opened my eyes to seeing that like, if you don't have a good fat reserve on your body, like those patients tend to not do very well because if you can't eat and you've been in the hospital and like a lot of times when you're sick, your, your metabolism increases to try to fight off infection and stuff. Like you could die from like malnutrition just because you're at a low body weight, as opposed to the client, the patients I used to take care of that were at like an overweight body weight, they could afford to lose 10 pounds in the hospital and they can come out fine. And so that's something we also want to think about. And especially as we get older, like the people who have some more fat on their body when they fall, it's like more of a cushion as compared to these like tiny little old people. 
Exactly, exactly. It's all about, you know, not taking things to the extreme. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, I think those were some really good tips. I think we could even do more and more and more. Um, but I think those were some good ones. And you had some some um, great topics that I didn't even think about. So I'm glad that you joined me for this. Um, I wanted to plug, Courtney's been writing some awesome blog posts. Um, we are starting our blog kind of back up again. And some really interesting topics are on there. So make sure to check that out if you also want to um, look at what else is Cor- what else Courtney is contributing to our group here. But thank you so much for for joining us today, Courtney. Yeah, it's great to be back. Thank you so much for listening to the Millennial Nutritionist Podcast. For daily weight loss tips and nutrition information, you can find us on Instagram at the.millennial.nutritionist and on TikTok at millennial.nutritionist. If you find this information helpful, please subscribe to the podcast and share it with a friend who needs encouragement on their health journey. See you in the next episode.